All right, folks, welcome to the Tavern Chat podcast. Also, I guess the uh, Tavern Chat YouTube. What I'm doing this time is I am recording this on StreamYard, so there will be a video. You get to see my wonderful fucking talking head if you're watching on YouTube as opposed to a relatively static image. But on the podcast side, there really shouldn't be much of a difference. We'll see how this experiment works. Now, here's the thing. I got voicemails. Actually, I got two voicemails. However, uh, Angus D, you left the voicemail? It's got no audio. 58 seconds long. Got no audio. Uh, I, I wish I knew what you were going to be talking about. Please send it again. I would love to hear it. I was like, Ugh. so we we don't have that one to go to. Um, however, we do have a voicemail. Uh, now this one was called in to our uh, Google number. The Google number, by the way, for those who want to leave a voicemail, is three four seven five zero nine five one six eight. The voicemail is just over two and a half minutes long, so apparently with Google, you can uh, send in a decent voicemail. So if you don't want to use Anchor, 347-509-5168, tell me what you think. So we're going to play this back. Let's see if the microphone captures this well enough. I'll have to – otherwise, I'll, <laughs> I might have to record this directly in Anchor. We'll, we'll find out in a moment whether this becomes a keeper or not. All right. Hey, Eric, this is Tim Sound, uh, giving you a call about Appendix P observations. Um, you guys were talking about it, and you were concerned, I think, about high-level play at being capped out at about level 12. Well, actually, this is the great thing. I can actually stop the voicemail and, and poke my head and not wait for the whole voicemail. So I wasn't concerned. I was observing. And the reason why I was observing that is because Gary, in his examples, called high-level play levels, uh, pricing is spread from levels 9 to 12. So that's what I was seeing. That's what I was commenting on, um, at least when you're starting out these parties. So it, to, in my mind, that says Gary's perception of high-level play is it's around. Nobody's saying that you can't have epic-level play or whatever, but Gary was considering, according to the, his example numbers, High-level play counting at, uh, capping at level 12. But I digress. We'll go back. And I started thinking a little bit about it initially after your first podcast because I said, oh, this is a great system. sort of like subsystem built into the back of the first edition uh, AD&D Dungeon Master's Guide. So I took a look at it. And since then, you've had a couple conversations about it, thinking that Gary was adverse to high-level play. Why was level 20 even... Uh, proposed or even offered? Um, the reason why, why well, I know why it was offered because it's like Spinal Tap. Uh, what is your, well, excuse me, what is your amplifier go to 11? Because well, it's louder than 10. Um, at the time, we had uh, D&D Basic, might have had Expert at the time, an Expert capped out at 14. Advanced obviously had to go further, right? It had to go further. But when you think about it, um, once you hit name level, 
You stop gathering, you stop gaining hit dice. So already there's a built-in ramping down, at least, of your ability to take damage, but not necessarily your ability, if you're a caster, to inflict damage. So fighters start plateauing, thieves start plateauing, but especially casters, especially your magic users, uh, their angle ramps up. But, again, I actually think it's a little bit more complicated than that, and I think we should give Gary a little bit more credit because we can't be inside his head and we can't ask him about it. But if you do the math, just do the math on on high-level play. At level 12 for a fighter, you're going to get a fairly hefty opportunity, and certainly at level 20, a fairly hefty opportunity, not just to get plus one armor, but you're going to get plus two armor with a 20% chance, possibly, of getting plus three armor. All right. Now, I don't know. Maybe this is just my experience, but my gameplay assumptions were always, by the time you hit level five, you should probably see yourself with at least one plus two weapon and or armor and or ring of protection. Generally, you were looking at plus three, somewhere by that seven to nine. Uh, so often, if you were a name-level fighter, you'd have a plus three weapon, the primary weapon of choice. Uh, you'd be in plus two plate mail or plus three chain mail with another plus two shield. So that was all, all these opportunities were kind of, that, that was my experience running that. So to say that, well, you're going to, you have an opportunity at, at 12th level to, or, to, you know, have a plus two item or a plus three item at, at level 20. Um, I, I'd expect those level 20s to be having a lot more than, than one plus three item. I would expect plus fours or plus fives on, on that 20th level fighter. But, Maybe that was just my experience. I, I, I would say that it would be my experience from the college groups and my high school slash weekend group and playing in the Poconos in my teens. That was kind of the generalized rule, and I think it continued when uh, even when I was running or playing in games uh, via VTTs and such. And, again... My personal experience, maybe we were playing things at too high a power level compared to what Gary was expecting his players to see. But then we always figured if it, you know, if you ran those, those tables in the DMG and you, you literally rolled randomly for magic items, you could, you know, luck into, uh, you know, was it a, a frost brand uh, at first level, right? Theoretically, that was the scary thing with those random tables, but. I think there's math built into Appendix P that we have to consider when we think about high-level play for on-the-spot parties. Just an observation when we think about we can't ask Gary what he's thinking. We might be able to ask some others. We don't know who wrote that subsystem, um, but maybe John Peterson does. Maybe there's some papers out there that might talk a little bit about this in actual notes. But I think we have to consider the math uh, and what was trying to be accomplished, and we shouldn't try to put words or thoughts into Gary's 
into Gary's intent. But great observation. I love reading those appendixes. I'm actually thinking about just playing around with Appendix P and some of the traps and some of the dungeon dressing and some of those other things. And I do have a comment also on the other thing that you've talked about more recently, and that is box text and dungeons uh, and fifth edition. Because I think there's a little bit more to that that we have to look at very carefully. Because as you pointed out, we don't really know what the Dungeon Master Guide says because we take for, we take for granted that we think we've read it when in fact we haven't. Great podcast as always. Look forward to hearing what your thoughts are on this. Yeah, that's why I'm enjoying my my uh, re-exploration of the DMG. Uh, my exploration of the player's handbook, some spells, maybe I need to look at it a bit closer. But the player's handbook is pretty much out in your face. Uh, it is what it is. Whereas the DMG has all these little contradictory or um, subsystems that don't follow the same type of mechanics as other subsystems, you kind of like scratch your head and you go, "What the fuck is that?" Uh, I don't know. You know, it's interesting. Oh man! By the way, uh, I, I can see I fucking need a shave. Yeah. All right. Well, you see that's that, that's the issue when you record these things. Then you go, uh, "Yeah." Still remember being told at a convention, "Oh, you're you're scruffier in real life than I thought you'd be." Folks, now you know how scruffy I am. If you're watching this on YouTube, right? Um, actually, it's a good conversation. I'm going to go back to the DMG probably tomorrow, but just as a side note, so uh, folks know what I am playing. It's going to sound wrong. What I'm playing with on the side right now is a app called Dungeon Builder. You can download the demo and play with it for free. It builds isometric dungeons. Uh, I'll probably be posting about that tomorrow on the blog side. Uh, <clears throat> it's free to play with, and you can actually get a lot out of the, uh, the the free aspect. I think it's like 60 euros if you want to buy the full version, which you can do a little bit more of it. You can't use the maps you design at that amount commercially. Commercial starts at about 200 euros. I don't believe it's euros. It could be wrong. It could be fucking pounds. In any case, um, that requires attribution, and I think the non-attribution level is like 380 or something like that. But uh, I'm severely tempted. It makes a nice-looking map. All right, folks. On that note, we are still in the midst of the world of COVID. I am two days out from getting my second Pfizer shot. So uh, counting down... I may be a wreck come Wednesday or come Tuesday night. Rach handled her second Moderna shot pretty well, although it did knock her out today. She got her shot on Friday. Uh, so I am not a medical professional. I make no illusions or no claims to be so. Use your fucking common sense. Right? Use your common sense. Keep yourself, your loved ones, your family, your friends healthy and safe. Be safe, be well, God bless. Roll those dice. And God willing... Knocking on, uh, well, that was metal. I'm knocking on pressed wood underneath me. Uh, God willing, I'll be back again tomorrow. All right, folks. Laters.